Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. And we're talking today with Jerry Davis. He's Deputy Chief Information Officer for IT Security at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Welcome, Jerry. Uh, thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. What are the major IT security challenges that NASA faces, and how are you addressing them? Some of our major challenges we have to do around some of the, the, the newer things that you, you see today. Number one, we have issues where consumer devices, what we call you know, consumerism, and, and bringing things like iPhones into the environment. Things are, are devices are primarily made for the consumer, the uh, NASA, the end users. Our clients and customers would like to use them as, as well to, to conduct business, and they don't always have the, the, the best security uh, configurations for those devices. And the next thing I would say would have to be our internet presence. NASA has a tremendous, very large internet presence, a lot of web applications out there, and those applications as you know, web attacks are one of the number one things that we deal with really on a, on a, on a daily basis. I would also have to say in dealing with some of these new initiatives, things like cloud computing, virtualization, where our data is located, moving the, into that environment is, is one of the other challenges that we're dealing with. When we talk about those newer initiatives, things like how do we deal with consumer devices in the environment, how do we deal with things like cloud computing and security around cloud computing. First thing we've done around consumer devices is we've decided to move those things into a pilot environment. So when we have new and emerging technology that's coming to the environment, we allow people to use them, but we push those into a managed environment. So that way we can better kind of understand what the security parameters or the gaps security that these devices have, and, and, and we can run a, a risk management exercise around that so we can understand what the gaps in security are and what are the things that we need to put into place, the controls we need to put into place to, so we can bring those devices into the environment or not bring those into the to the environment. Those are part of the risk management process that we're dealing with. When it comes to things like web applications and, and attacks around web applications and our web presence, we're starting some new initiatives around application-level security, software assurance, and things of that nature to understand what our web footprint, number one, what it looks like, and how we manage software for that you would reach across the web, how we manage that software and what are the security controls that need to be into that software before we roll it out into the environment. That's a new program that uh, we're just starting, and it seems to be working out uh, fairly well at this point, but uh, we're just uh, getting in the early stages, planning stages of that, and setting up a framework around that. It sounds as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you like the idea of new technologies and you would like to adopt them if they can be done. I like to think of myself more of a, a yes guy rather than a no guy. You know, the chief information security officer and security organizations are generally and typically known as kind of the no people. You know, I try to run an organization that's in parallel with what we're doing in the office of chief information officer, which is enabling our, our customer and our client. So we try to be a solutions-oriented environment. Talk about things like cloud computing. You talk about things like iPhones or smartphones. They're here already. It, you're already a little bit behind the curve in trying to deal with them, but they're already here, and the end users are already using them, you know. Why can't they use something in the environment that they use at home on a day-to-day -day basis? I look at my job as is trying to continue to enable that. We we used to use the term enablement in security, enabling the business. That's really kind of a buzzword. I look at it more as it's something that we really try to do in being solutions-oriented. So I spend a great deal of my time really looking for solutions when we see things like remote access and telework. How do I bring in thousands and thousands of unmanaged computers so this would be something at someone's house? How do I allow them access into the environment without jeopardizing the posture of my environment. We look for solutions. So we, we early on, we, we see where the trends are going and we start looking for solutions immediately. There are times when there are no solutions out there, so we may uh, hold 
something in abeyance for some time. But I spend a, a great deal of my time, and I know my staff as well. We really push a lot for solutions. So I'm forever talking to a number of vendors out in the community. I bring them in, and we talk at length at different solutions and kind of the vision of where I'm trying to go in managing different devices and new technology. What's the most innovative thing you feel NASA is doing to secure IT? Maybe it's not so innovative. I think in practicality, when you think about it conceptually, that's consolidating our infrastructure and moving things to a more centralized, managed environment. You hear a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, federal agencies, a lot of commercial practices are all trying to or have, at some degree, uh, consolidated and centralized IT operations. Security is something I look at it. It doesn't function on its own by itself in a, in a silo. Gaps in security happen because a result of something that's gone wrong in IT management. And one of the things that we're doing at NASA what I believe some of the more innovative things we're doing are around consolidation and centralizing our IT, for instance, our Active Directory. We're consolidating Active Directory, which is hugely important for us, a better management of security around users' access to different objects and things of that nature, accountability, and then authentication. That is something that was a monumental activity for us. It's been going on for the last couple of years, but we're making headway in it. We're already starting to see some of the benefits of doing things like that and doing other initiatives like IP address management, helping us with inventory and understanding what we have. Because if you don't really understand what you have in your environment, it's very tough to protect it. Big initiatives, enterprise initiatives like IP address management, consolidating things like email, consolidating things like Active Directory, all have profound impacts on security. So um, managing better IT in that regard helps us better to manage security as well. One of the other big security activities was standing up a consolidated security operations center. For years, NASA had had largely a fragmented and decentralized security operations activity, uh, incident management activity. We spent the last year, year and a half or so consolidating security operations functions where monitoring uh, intrusion detection systems and, and installing log aggregation tools across NASA, not just in one center, center by center, but uh, across NASA. So we're now able to get better visibility from one location. We're working towards seeing all the way down into the different NASA centers where we couldn't do that before. And that helps us detect things better and, and, and it enables our response a little bit better. But that's one of the more innovative things that we've done in the last year, year and a half or so, and it's, it's uh, taken a lot of work. There's a lot of challenges, but we've overcome probably about 80% of those, and we're kind of in the home stretch now the next six months of uh, wrapping up that activity, and it's, it'll be the first time that NASA had the end-to-end view of its, of its posture from here all the way out to Russia. Do you have any challenges regarding recruiting, maintaining, and training IT security workforce? Uh, first challenge is, is is getting good IT folks, and then the, the second part of that is getting good IT folks who have a strong background in security. I, I think one of the, the issues we have today is that when you look at it from a government perspective, when you talk about job series, how they categorize jobs, the, the number for IT specialists is 2210. That's the job series. Today, we tend to wrap security into that job series of 2210. It's it's about time, in, in my estimation, and I, and I think if you talk to some of my colleagues around the federal government, that it's about time that security has its own job series. It's becoming a very specialized profession, and just there's just not enough people in the profession today. You kind of rob and steal from other agencies because the, the profession is in distress. There's just not enough IT professionals. The training side, once we have them, training is not a problem. We put individuals through training. We give them the training that they need. The problem is really just the resources. You're just 
are not enough IT security specialists out there. I think the, the, the colleges and the universities are doing a heck of a job in putting together the information assurance programs, the National Security Agency Center of Excellence type programs, but they're still not coming out fast enough. And we need them to come out fast enough and we need some very particular skill sets. A number of years ago, computer forensics was not a skill set that was really widely known and it was very, very specialized. Today, I'm finding that your average IT security specialist, when they come in the door, we desperately need them to have a forensics background. It's a matter of resources, but the training side of it, doing fairly well, but again, when you don't have anybody to train, that's that's kind of a problem. So we're looking to try to get more and more people out of the college, universities, or wherever they may be that have a strong IT background and a strong security background to go along with that to add to our security cadre. A couple of points I'd like to address. One is you were saying the first thing you need is good IT people. I'm wondering whether that means that you feel that there should be, even if their job is not to security, they have to be aware and be working on security. Secondly, you talk about a need for people. Are there shortages of people in NASA? Can you hire people now? How much of a shortage is there? And third, you talk about forensics. Why forensics? There is definitely, uh, I think, a shortage in good IT uh, people as well. One of your core competencies, believe in being an, an, an IT specialist, is security. When we talk about folks like system administrators, if you go look up the definition of a system administrator and you look at their roles and responsibilities, security is a huge role and responsibility for system administrators. You need those type of IT folks that understand their roles and responsibility as it pertains to security and as they, they understand things like network. One of the key things that we look for that we'd like to have are, again, folks who are just well-rounded um, and understand the basics and roles and responsibilities of their jobs as IT professionals. And one of those one of those roles and responsibilities we look at is, is security. NASA is, is hiring almost all the time, not necessarily where I am at, in the headquarters. We don't want to overload all the, the, the specialists and people to have the high skill set at headquarters. We want those people to be out at the centers where the real work is, is taking place and where I like to say where the smart people work, out at the NASA centers. Those centers are hiring from time to time. It just depends on, on what their condition of the environment is like and how many slots they have available and things of that nature. We are appealing from the headquarters perspective from my office that the centers do need more security professionals at those centers because the work is voluminous and there's just not enough folks to handle that. Some centers have been picking up folks here and there, but it's just a matter of how many slots they have available at their centers and what their head counts and things like that. There are some limitations to being able to, to hire up and staff up in those areas. As it pertains to forensics, you get a lot of attacks these days that are related to malware or things like viruses, uh, Trojan horses, spyware, worms, and, and, and things like that. A good forensics person can, can help you go in and kind of break down malware and tell you how it works. And, and by understanding how it works and get a better understanding of what you need to do to secure your systems. Forensics professionals can also tell you about things about your system or, or applications that you didn't know. For instance, when you have zero-day attacks, a good a forensics person will be able to tell you that, hey, you know, this is a, a vulnerability that's not known out in the public, and here's how we need to deal with that. We're finding that one of the number one issues that we're having is around malware, as every other agency is having. So a good forensics person will be able to tell you how the malware works, how to break it down, and then what are the things you need to do to secure your systems? And it also will tell you things around the network as well, what better things we can do around the networks to contain issues and things of that nature. So forensic professionals, they're in high demand right now. We contract that work out. Today, we have some folks on staff that have a pretty good forensics background, but largely it's, it's such a high demand that we're, we're, and we just don't have, again, the professionals that are coming in with that skill set that are civil service. So we have to go out and buy that talent. You would rather have them in-house than to contract out? 
personally, it doesn't matter one way or the other. I would take them either way I could get them. But it would be nice to have a, a handful of people in-house that could do some work for you. That, that would be a great skill set. Again, when I'm looking for folks to come in with IT skill sets, IT security, today I'm looking for that individual to have some level of forensics experience as well. We can always grow it, but it would be nice to have civil servants and have that skill set as well. Thanks for chatting, Jerry. Absolutely. That's Jerry Davis, NASA's Deputy CIO for IT Security. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.